This is The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, San Jose's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. Reed Hillview Airport in East San Jose has been a source of contention in the community for years. There have been calls to close the airport from both residents and elected officials over concerns of lead poisoning from planes flying over neighborhoods, and a recent plane crash is stirring up calls to close it once again. Some who want to close the airport see it as a social justice issue, while proponents of keeping it open say the facility is crucial to pilots and emergency operations. Here to talk with me about this are two guests, Huascar Castro and Walt Geiger. Huascar Castro is Associate Director of Housing and Transportation Policy with Working Partnerships USA. He has nearly seven years of public policy experience, including three representing East San Jose as an aide to District 5 Councilmember Magdalena Carrasco. Huascar worked alongside residents last year in a campaign to push the Santa Clara County Board of Supervisors to begin the process to close the airport. Walt Geiger is Vice President of the Community and Airport Partnership for Safe Operation, which wants to keep Reed Hillview open. He's a pilot of 35 years who's worked in high tech for three decades before starting the Tradewinds Aviation Flight School at the airport. Welcome to the program, you two. So, Walt, this first question is for you. Why are you in favor of keeping the airport open? Well, there's a number of reasons why to keep the airport open. You already mentioned it. Some of them in terms of uh, pilots uh, who need to get trains to become airline pilots. Uh, we have a close relationship with Sangse State University uh, and their aviation program, and we are producing the training for those students who eventually end up being airline pilots. And as you might know, uh, the industry has a dire need of a lot more pilots. Uh, the other reasons is uh, there are a number of uh, emergency services associated at this airport, the one of them being Civil Air Patrol, who does search and rescue missions. Civil Air Patrol is an auxiliary unit to the Air Force. So they have a, a mission to fulfill, and they obviously need a base to operate from. In addition, Civil Air Patrol is also have, uh, supporting a cadet program for young people uh, to get into aviation and uh, get the start this way as well. Uh, we have fire and police emergency services here at the airport. Uh, we have a number of volunteers who do uh, volunteer missions uh, like angel flights to carry uh, patients from remote areas to Stanford University and so forth. And they are based here at the uh, Retail View Airport. Yeah, it does. And uh, the one other thing I would also like to mention is uh, Reed Hillview Airport is a reliever airport for San Jose International Airport. And that's by design, and the FAA has designated Reed Hillview as a reliever airport because uh, the operation at San Jose International would be severely impacted with smaller airplanes in the traffic pattern. So the FAA designated Reed Hillview Airport as a reliever airport for exactly that reason. Uh, San Jose International Airport management uh, is very happy for us to be here rather than at the San Jose International Airport. Huascar, why are you in favor of closing the airport? Thank you, Nicholas. And I think, um, you know, I was going to start with um, a really important point around why we're really focused on closing Reed Hillview Airport. And that's the fact that there's ongoing lead exposure to residents living in East San Jose and that this is a direct impact um, on communities, primarily low-income communities of color. Um, the majority of folks that live um, in this specific area of East San Jose are of Latin, Latinx um, and South Asian descent. And these are folks that are getting particularly impacted. We do have an irrefutable 
um, peer-reviewed study that shows that children living closer to the airport, and specifically those living downwind of the airport, um, have elevated blood lead levels. Um, and this is from the same folks that have uh, put together a lot of the research behind the Flint water crisis. So um, I think there's more than enough backing to show that this is a really serious issue. And as many experts have said, no amount of lead is a safe amount of lead. Then there's just the flat out point um, of equitable land use and how we really shape our communities. Um, what's currently happening is that there's an airport, a fence, and homes. Um, and that is not a really common recipe. And this, and we have seen um, many numerous forms of adverse impacts directly on, on communities. And ultimately, the thousands of residents who live in that neighborhood just have plain out said, we do not want this here. This needs to be out. There's plane crashes that are affecting folks' safety. Um, we have other adverse impacts such as noise. And then we just have the fact that there's 180 acres of public land. And how can 180 acres of public land best benefit the surrounding community? And currently, that is not happening. Um, and so there are just a few reasons that have really been the primary focus um, of this community-led campaign looking to close down this airport. Mm, thank you for that. We'll, we'll get into that lead issue in just a second, but I wanted to circle back to the plane crash that you touched on. Um, so recently, within the last couple of weeks, there have been renewed calls to close the airport after this recent plane crash. Um, no significant injuries except for the pilot. Uh, a San Jose Spotlight analysis actually found that Reed Hillview Airport is one of the busiest non-primary airports in the state. Uh, it's had 11 crashes in the last decade, including this most recent recent one. Uh, but that, you know, is significantly or not significantly, but slightly less than some other airports that are both busier and uh, far less busy than Reed Hillview Airport. Just to compare, uh, Monterey Gibbs Executive Airport in San Diego has had 14 crashes in the last decade, and that's the busiest non-primary airport in the state. Uh, there have also been 18 crashes in the last decade at Van Nuys Airport, which has less traffic than Reed Hillview. So given that information, I'm just wondering what danger you feel plane crashes pose to the rev residents around Reed Hillview. It, it almost translates to about a crash a year. And besides this most recent crash and one in 2017, there haven't been any significant injuries. So Walt, I'd like to hear from you on that first, and then Huascar, we can hear from you. Yeah, I'm happy to respond to uh, the recent event and accident in general. So the pilot community is very concerned and uh, about any mishaps, accidents, whatnot. Uh, so we train our pilots to uh, deal with any issues in the airplane, malfunctions, whatnot, and to minimize the impact of any malfunctions. Uh, for this particular incident or accidents, uh, we definitely would like to learn from it, and we are looking for the NTSP report to tell us what exactly went wrong so we can train our pilots uh, to avoid the situation. But uh, the pilots are trained to deal with emergencies, and the reason why you have seen uh, minimal impact, uh, no fatalities on the ground, is because pilots know to avoid these kinds of situations. But for the recent event, we don't know what happened, but we definitely want to hear from the NTSB what happened so we can learn from it. I, I think we, when recognizing um, what danger this poses, it's, it's, it's very real on numerous different, different effects. Um, first and foremost, we can't predict where these planes are going to crash. They're, in fact, that accidents. Um, so, you know, this time it crashed into a school. We don't know, you know, that could have happened when school was in session. We don't know when when this could have taken place, but this crash into, you know, a public schools um, area. 
And so there was that specific point. Um, there's nothing to say that that can't, that, that can't crash, that plane can't crash into a home, right? Also, um, those planes took out power lines and several homes were without power. There's a lot of senior citizens that live throughout this neighborhood and they may be relying on, you know, different services or different sort of things that may require electricity and they might not have had that for almost a day. So there's these other, you know, real other effects that we're not taking into account. Um, and then just really quickly before my last point, um, just discussing how we efficiently place uh, airports and where they're located. Um, there are two other airports in the county, um, San Martin, which is in a primarily rural area. So it should, uh, should an accident like this take place. There's a lot of space before um, direct residents are at real danger. And then uh, Palo Alto Municipal, which is primarily in a baylands, more marshlandy area. Um, same thing where you're going through quite a bit of land before you're touching direct residents. Like I said before, you have the airport, a fence, and then homes. Um, and so that's why there's a particularly genuine danger. And then there's the honest part. And this goes back to real equity and how important that is. And as we're looking to have that discussion in this region, um, we need to be intentional about it. Um, we have sit, we have residents that are suffering from real trauma from these incidents. As you mentioned, on average, we're looking at about a plane crash per year. Um, and there are folks that have been feet away from plane crashes. Um, and that means that they're a feet away from a potentially fatal outcome. Uh, and that stays in one's mind. And so you have many residents who um, recall these experiences and still um, have many fearful moments about this happening again to either themselves or their families. Uh, and so those are just a couple um, real concerns we have about um, the public health and safety uh, of the surrounding community of Freedhoven. Uh, well, we all realize that the airport, when it was placed here, was way out in the fields. There were no houses around the airport uh, way back when the airport was established. Unfortunately, due to poor planning, urban uh, development and so forth, uh, people were allowed to build houses very close to the airport, which uh, is unfortunate because people are now moving into this area uh, know that there is an airport and we're kind of surprised that these people now start complaining about the airport being here, whereas the houses have been built after the airport was placed here. So I, I just want to clarify the situation. The airport has not been placed into developed housing area. The houses were built around the airport. I'm glad you mentioned that. And I don't think anyone's disagreement about poor planning taking place a long time ago. Um, a lot of this community is suffering from, uh, you know, redlining and knowing that specific areas were being disparately impacted and that only certain homes and living in certain areas were afforded to certain demographics. Uh, and then ultimately, yes, there might have been homes after a, a plane was put, but there were um, several hundreds of homes, thousands of residents, uh, and then there should have and needs to be adjustment for people over planes. Thank you very much. We're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, Josh Bruce here, co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. Did you know that San Jose Spotlight is Silicon Valley's only nonprofit news organization? That's right. Our impact journalism is funded by generous readers like you. And this year, we have plans to expand our reporting to other cities in Santa Clara County. If you find value in our reporting, consider becoming a sustaining member today with a monthly or annual recurring donation by visiting our website, sanjosespotlight.com. Thank you. 
Support for San Jose Spotlight comes from San Jose Jazz Summerfest, August 12th to 14th. It's the rebirth of live with headliners Charlie Wilson, Ladisi, Duran Jones and the Indications, Stanley Clark, and more. Tickets available at summerfest.sanjosejazz.org. The summer splash party is still going strong at Gilroy Gardens. Come chill out at Water Oasis with twisty water slides and a giant tipping bucket, plus gentle flower showers and a peaceful lagoon for younger kids. Parents can join in the super splashy fun, or just relax under a palm tree while you watch the kids play. Get discount tickets and season memberships at gilroygardens.org and make memories that will last a lifetime. Now, moving on to the lead issue, I I have a couple questions, one for each of you uh, and then one separately. And Walt, we'll start with you. So part of the issue surrounding the fight to close the airport is this exposure to lead issue, notably in leaded plane fuel used by planes flying in and out of Reed Hillview. Uh, The county actually placed a ban on uh, that last year. So, Walt, I was just curious, you know, having that flight school at the airport, what kind of impact has the ban on leaded fuel had at Reed Hillview? Are you seeing less planes? Are people not stopping in Reed Hillview because of this issue? Well, let me uh, let me make one point clear. We don't like lead either. Pilots don't like lead, and we are well aware of the health issues. Unfortunately, the industry has not provided us with an alternative for all the airplanes. Uh we took the effort, uh, the pilot community made the effort last year before the county banned the sale of handled uh, leaded fuel uh, to bring in a substitute for some of the airplanes. And that's uh, an unleaded fuel that we use now for almost a year. And uh, it represents about 90% of all the operations here at the Reed Hillview Airport uh, being uh, used now for un- with unleaded fuel. So we believe strongly in unleaded fuel and it's just the industry at the moment who is not able to capable to deliver a full replacement uh, for all airplanes. The impact to the flight school is minimal because all my airplanes can fly with unleaded fuel. That's true for all the other flight schools here at the airport too. So that's why about 90% of the operations fly with unleaded fuel at this point. I see. So it, it doesn't seem like it's had a, a negative effect on the airport then? Well, it does have an effect on those airplanes who are not able to use the current unleaded fuel. They have to fuel up someplace else before they come to Reed Hillview Airport. But as I said, that's probably about 10% of the operations here at the airport. I see. Thank you for clarifying. Now, who asked our... You've said that the airport has multiple impacts on public health and the overall welfare of nearby residents. I'm wondering what the impact is there, uh, at least when it comes to lead, if this fuel has been banned locally. Um, Yeah, thank you. And just really quickly, while, you know, there may be efforts to um, ban fuel locally at Reed Hillview, um, as, you know, Walt made a couple really important points, that there are actual feasibility concerns uh, in getting all aircrafts, all aircrafts, excuse me, off being dependent of leaded fuel. Um, and then you're also already seeing folks um, refuel in other airports where they're allowed to have leaded fuels and come back to this community and still expose residents to lead. So therefore, uh, lead exposure is still ongoing. And so that's, of course, uh, a really immediate and problematic concern. Um, if we're looking at other impacts that we're looking at outside of leaded fuel, we have, um, as we previously mentioned, plane crashes and what effect that has um, both directly, adversely, and long-term traumatic, traumatically. Um, and then we're also having this um, 
which we need to have this broader conversation of equitable land use. 180 acres of public land. How can we best benefit the public? How are we using county owned land um, to directly support residents um, in an area that utilizes a lot of support? Folks that are dependent on programs, folks that look for a lot of different opportunities and depend on their local governments uh, to provide a lot of that. Um, and currently, um, this land is not directly um, positively serving um, community residents. One more question here for both of you on lead. I'd like to get your thoughts on something. So the county commissioned a study last year examining the blood lead levels of children living near the airport. Um, an analysis by San Jose Spotlight actually found that that was consistent with the state average. But then the county released a different study this year in June uh, that found that there are no dangerous lead levels in soil samples taken at the airport. So I'd, I'd like to get both of your perspectives on this because it, it seems to me these findings conflict with painting the airport as a danger to the community, at least in terms of lead poisoning. Um, Walt, I'd like to hear from you first, and then Huascar, you can go second. Well, I'm glad to respond to the whole lead situation. Um, well, first of all, the Bay Area Quality Management had a monitoring station here at the airport for many, many years, and they never measured any levels uh, above what EPA finds a safe level. So it was always below below even 50% of that level uh, to the point where the Bay Area Quality Management uh, asked the EPA if they could remove the station or stop using it because they couldn't detect any significant uh, lead levels. Um, but what uh, seems to be lost in the whole discussion is other sources of lead. And uh, as everybody here might be aware of the, the county won a lawsuit with a with paint companies about lead being used in the houses around here uh, in paint and actually won that lawsuit and got millions of dollars to retrofit these houses uh, to our knowledge uh, that money has not been used yet to uh, retrofit these houses so i think that should be a concern uh, so uh, we are concerned about lead too, as I said, and that's why we made the effort to remove lead from our operations here. Huascar, any thoughts on this potential conflict between these county reports on the lead levels? Yeah, just a couple of things. Um, you know, there are different uh, topics um, where sometimes, it, you know, just like working in public policy, details can get a little wonky. Uh, and I think when um, getting really in depth into a lot of these different biochemical discussions, it's best to really defer to experts. And having Dr. Sami Zaran, who conducted um, a, a report on this, a really comprehensive report that was peer-reviewed um, by other experts, uh, and knowing that these are the same folks that um, were doing a lot of the research behind the Flint water crisis, um, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of pushback on the results of the Flint water crisis, um, I think that there's, uh, there's enough evidence there to show that there are, there's real, um, a real honest showing of elevated blood lead levels, um, depending on how close one lives to Reed Hillby Airport due to the effects of the, of, of the fuel being ingested. And of course, um, specifically being located downwind of Reed Hillby Airport. So not just how close you are, but how your home is located based on how you're being exposed to these fumes as well. Um, also just recognizing that, um, lead has been banned you know, through the Clean Air Act and through other policies decades ago from so many different uses. 
Um, so that there's already been so many different advances because there's this real common recognition that anyone, I think everyone here can agree, no amount of lead is a safe amount of lead. Um, it has really, really harmful effects, both in the immediate and in the long term, and could potentially be fatal. Um, and to allow children to continue to ingest that is just not okay. Um, and I think just in that same spirit, uh, it gets really problematic that um, we're suggesting that there are you know, acceptable or what are average acceptables of le- uh, a- average acceptable levels of lead um, for this community, um, because like I said in the past, we're particularly impacting communities of color and saying that, um, okay, this specific area um, is able to, you know, have what's considered acceptable or average um, uh, amount of lead. And so those are just really, uh, really important points to take into account when having this really important discussion which is a dangerous, dangerous toxin um, being exposed. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To be an entrepreneur, you have to have vision, confidence, and purpose. And like so many other business owners, you have to find resources that can help you through tough times. Comcast Rise changed my life. They put me in a unique space where I could scale on my own. More than 4,700 businesses have benefited from the Comcast Rise program. Apply today at ComcastRise.com for a variety of business, marketing, and tech makeovers on us. Keep rising. Looking for a design agency that can take your brand to the next level? Design in Mind is a woman-led design agency that specializes in branding mid-sized companies, startups, and even nonprofits. Reach out to discover how a better brand can help move your business forward and book a consultation at designim.com. I've got one more question for each of you. Huascar, we'll start with you, and then Walt, I've got the, the question that will we'll take us out on. Um, Huascar, this, this fight over Reed Hillview Airport has existed for years. You've mentioned equitable land use. I'm curious to know how you would like to see the land used at Reed Hillview if it closes. Yeah, thank you, Nicholas. I think first, and I think it's really, and I think that's really important. uh, I think an overall focus, you know, um, should be and needs to be on the current um, matter at hand. And that's the fact that even outside of a lot of really important decisions that have been made at the county level, there still needs to be a lot of actions um, at other levels, including as high up as the federal level, um, in order to actually get this airport closed. Um, so I think that really the immediate step should be focused on closure. Um, we had a subcommittee hearing um, in D.C. led by Congressman Rokana, and there looks to be more efforts at the federal level and just this really big push um, on the FAA and that they need to recognize the really harmful effect that this airport is having on the surrounding community. Um, going to discussing how land could be used post-closure. Um, you know, I think the real part of the issue when this first started is doesn't matter which came first, the airport or the homes. Um, what's really, um, what's really the issue is how we can now create space for a community envisioning process, allowing for community grassroots organizational partners and key stakeholders to come together and work together to see how 180 acres of public land can better serve the surrounding community, the direct community that lives within this area, um, and how we can better support these people. Um, because currently, we're not helping um, this community. Reed Hillview is hurting this community. Thank you for that, Huascar. Walt, I've got a final question for you, and then we can uh, close out. 
it it seems likely, at least based on the actions, uh, previous actions that the Board of Supervisors have taken, that, that Reed Hillview Airport will close in the next decade. It, it seems that they aren't interested in renewing a permit. It seems like they're even taking steps to try to get that process started earlier. Uh, I'd like to know what kind of impact closing the airport would have on the av- aviation community in San Jose in the greater Bay Area, as well as, you know, a business owner like yourself that operates a, a flight school at the airport. Well, that's a, an excellent question, too, which needs to be taken into consideration in this discussion. Uh, I would have no place to go. I would have to close shop, and so does everybody else, because there's no room anywhere else. San Martin is a very small airport, and the neighbors there have already very clearly said, we don't want any more business at San Martin Airport. Palo Alto Airport is completely full. There's no room there at all, because it's very busy. So we don't have any place to go other than to close shop. So that would impact about 300 jobs at the airport, uh, which is obviously uh, economic impact that nobody likes to do, to lose jobs. Uh, that's one. In terms of using the land, I think one has to be really careful on how the land if the airport would go away, is going to be utilized. One scenario would be uh, lots of houses, possibly low-income houses, which would have the effect of gentrification around this area, or in other words, people who are living in low-rent uh, houses uh, are going to be pushed out. I think we have to be very clear. We might see a Santana Row number two at this location uh, which would not serve the people around the airport. Second or third, CAPSO is working on a vision plan for this property, which promotes a coexistence of the airport as well as uh, community available services here at the airport. Uh, we expect by the end of the year to be able to communicate that vision plan, uh, which is uh, also close to what the staff, the county staff, many years ago, 2018, already proposed was a coexistence of community service businesses and a coexistence with the airport. So we are envisioning uh, opening up some of the airport property to uh, the community and businesses uh, to be better integrated in this area. Yeah, you know, um, I, I really don't think it's necessarily um, appropriate to imply um, certain uses um, because, as I mentioned, there really needs to be and deserves to be um, a really robust community envisioning process uh, and a collaborative one at that to see how um, 180 acres of public land uh, could be used to best for the community. So to use scare tactics um, uh, isn't really um, productive or helpful to a lot of residents that are really looking to see how we can best utilize this land going forward. Walt, any final thoughts? Yeah. How about being realistic? (laughs) Uh, I I completely agree with you. And uh, the county already reached out to the community about two years ago for this uh, uh, envisioning process, as you might call it. And uh, I'm not sure what the conclusion was of this uh, survey. Uh, What we do or would like to do is to uh, put another proposal out there and run it through uh, the county, the, the neighbors, whatever. 
we realize that something needs to happen, but uh, we don't believe that closing the airport is the answer. Well, that's something that's closing the airport, so, uh, because, the, because the residents have a real issue with it, and there's a, a lot of direct impacts to the surrounding community. Walt Geiger, Huascar Castro, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Nicholas. Thanks for being here. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.